The information contained within this podcast does not consider your personal circumstances and is of a general nature only. You should not act on it without first obtaining professional financial advice specific to your circumstances. Paul Atherton is an ex-Wall Street advisor on a mission to help young people win back their financial power, wealth and security. He does this by helping them understand the hidden world of finance, risk and investments, helps them figure out how it impacts them and to seize the opportunities to make it work to their advantage. This is Paul Street Journal. How are you, Paul? I'm very well, thank you. That's good to have you on. So, Paul, can you tell me, uh, I'm a little clueless myself, what is superannuation? Well, that's a great question, Tim, and many people have this question, so don't feel out of the loop. Superannuation was introduced by the Keating Labor government back in 1992 and to address what many of the Western world was facing, which was a demographic dilemma, where less and less people were supporting a larger, larger retirement community. The feeling was is that would get so burdensome to the government and the government coffers that we would need to introduce a scheme in which there was a decent amount of money saved by the community in order to support the, uh, their, their retirement and retirement needs. And so that was introduced by the Labour government, by Keating. Initially, a percentage of the income was placed aside by the employer, placed directly into some retirement or superannuation fund, and that now currently stands at 9.5% of your income. That's how it's calculated, but it's not taken out of your income, as to be clear. This is a portion placed by your employer into a superannuation based on your income. So, for example, if you earn... Uh, I say 100,000 a year, 9.5% means $9,500 a year is also placed in addition into a superannuation fund on your behalf by your employer. Right. And so has that kind of come into effect in terms of its economic impact for Australia? Or? Yeah, there, depending on who you talk to, there are varying degrees on the success of superannuation. From my perspective, I think it's been incredibly successful, an extremely good move by the government. At the moment, I believe the superannuation funds itself, if you would pull it all together, it's like the fifth largest pool of cash in the world, um, soon to be the fourth. Uh, the, so we're accelerating in terms of the pool of cash. This is a good thing. People need this money for retirement. And uh, at the moment, like I said, it's 9.5% of salary being placed. That's going to increase over the years to uh, 12.5%. So we're we're accelerating, we're moving in the right direction, and it's really contributing to people's requirements as they move into into retirement. So that you said it's a, like a large pool of money. How is that actually used? Is that just left there? Does it say stagnant or is it invested? Yeah, well, that's a great question. So effectively, the rules around, there are a lot of nuances around uh, superannuation, but so I'm going to give some broad brush strokes for you, Tim. But effectively... It's placed there until your retirement, and retirement is considered to the majority of the cases at the age of 60, in which case you can take that out um, tax-free. It's placed in your superannuation over your entire career. Every time you earn a little bit of money, uh, 9.5% at the moment, and like I said, increasing, your employer will also place money into that superannuation fund, and that will increase over time. That's taxed. It's tax-preferential at 15%. So all the money that you earn, um, all the capital gains, all of the income that you earn from those investments, um, which can be substantial. If you think about a 40, 50 year career, my gosh, that's that, that's an incredible sum of money. And then when you each reach the retirement age, 
of 60. You can take it out as a lump sum if you like, go on a big holiday, but you can take it out tax-free. And um, yeah, that's been of incredible benefit to people as of today who are already accessing, utilizing this uh, superannuation. So I guess, forgive my naivety, but in terms of making those contributions, do I have to set that up or is that just automatically? Well, there's, so most employers have a, uh, a scheme. Uh, to the, today's, the way it works in today is we have um, far more flexibility. There are some industrial award systems which will limit your choices, but effectively you have unlimited choices. Now, what most people do, uh, certainly the people that I consult with, uh, they tend to use the default uh, super because they're too busy getting involved in their work and they go, okay, that's good. One super is good as good as another. Um, the problem with doing that um, and it certainly is approach, um, is that as you go from one employer to another, you tend to collect lots of superannuation from different funds. And you'll find very quickly that your superannuation world will get very complex. I have a client, for example, who is in his early 20s and already has seven different supers. So we're in the process of consolidating that. Um, and there's no, no reason for that to be... Um, that complex. And the government recognizes this and has provided um, access. And I guess maybe on another show, Tim, we can talk about how to drill down on um, consolidating a super. But there is far more flexibility these days. Sure thing. And where exactly is the, the superannuation uh, kind of invested? And, and can I choose where, that, where that's actually put? You can choose. Uh, like I said, most people are into default funds. What you'll find is the default funds are very Australian orientated. Um, and so if you think about the Australian orientated, that means you're in the large caps. You'll be in the large cap Australians, which tends to be in the financials and the commodities. Um, and one needs to think about that as in terms of their own risk profile, if in fact that's what they want. And that tends to be where the superannuations go. But there is, again, flexibility and people can go very international. And there also is a broad spectrum of investments. You can have money markets, debt instruments, property, securities, and, of course, stocks um, directly off the stock market. And those stocks, as I mentioned, can be both national within Australia or international or emerging markets. Uh, that's potentially a little harder to get, but certainly accessible. So is there any way uh, to make a contribution beyond the employer's uh, ah, yes. And this is something that a lot of people have cottoned on to. Uh, you can make concessional contribution. There's a non-concessional, which is what is taken out of the 9.5% we just mentioned. Um, but there's a concessional contribution that's after tax. And because all of the capital gains and all of the income that you produce off your investments are taxed at preferentially at 15%, people with a lot of money realized this and started pouring some uh, money into their superannuation in even after tax. This has started to be limited because part of the aim of superannuation is to tell, take care of the average man, not necessarily just the super wealthy. Uh, so there have been caps and limits to this process. And again, probably, Tim, beyond the uh, scope of this conversation, um, but you can make further contributions out of your tax. And again, there are after tax. And again, there are some limitations to that. Uh, it's my understanding, I think, that there's actually incentives to um, contribute and the government will... Uh, there are, yes, and I think if you're referring to what I think you're referring to, for people that earn under $37,000, 
they will place in on a 1 to 50% uh, ratio. So for every dollar you put in, they will put in half a dollar to match for people that are on the lower income. And potentially for students, this is a very accessible area. And I would highly recommend taking it. This, to me, is, is a no-brainer. This is something that the government set up. And you really, really should take advantage of this. There is, unfortunately, capped at $500. I'd like it to be larger. But $500 given to you by the government because you're saving for your future at a young age? Gosh, take advantage of that. Yep. So you put in $1,000 and they'll put in five. Put in $1,000, you'll get 500 Yep. Put in 2000 you'll still get 500 Uh and, and I suppose just on that, um, let's let's say I came into some financial strife or uh, is, is there a way that I can access my super early or? Yeah, there are uh, ways to access your super early under financial distress and various, various circumstances. Uh, you could imagine they are limited. It's not easy because... I've got too hard, too high a credit bill. Um, that's that's not going to to, to run the rules. Uh, the, this is administrated by the ATO, but there are ways of getting it. My suggestion for anybody that uh, runs into this type of issue is to work with a financial advisor. And they will really be able to help you and navigate that if there is such a circumstances. But there again, superannuation is there for your retirement. It's there to be avoided not to as a pool of cash to access all the time yeah and so generally you can only access it past the age of 60 i believe you said earlier past the age of 60 of course depending on when you were born if you were born for example before july 1960 you can access it at 55 and it's done on a stepped stepped uh, basis but effectively everybody certainly at my age and older Anyone post 1964 uh, will we'll be accessing it um, post, uh, post the age of 60. Mm -hmm. There are, again, there are some nuances to this um, and there are ways to work with that. Um, there are transition to retirement processes and, again, I, I guess beyond the scope of this conversation, but effectively at the age of 60 is retirement. Cool. Oh, well, thank you for joining us, Paul. Well, thanks, Tim. Been a pleasure. <laughs>